Welcome to the Christian Life Coach Collective. I'm your host and coach, Lauren Malone, and I'm here to help you become the hero of your own story and learn to be a guide to others. Whether you're a life coach in any niche or you want to become one, or you're just listening in so you can self-coach to lead your own life well, this podcast is here to serve you. I'm super excited to walk with you into your calling and help you create a wonderful legacy for your life. So let's jump in to today's episode. Okay, got your coffee? I do. And I'm just going to tell you, you might need a drink for this one. (laughs) We're jumping in really deep, really quickly. I have spent my entire life feeling like I don't matter inside, literally feeling I don't matter, but I didn't know that's what I was feeling. And I didn't know that what I was feeling, feeling that actually came from the fact that I thought that literal thoughts, I don't matter. And all of the thoughts literally leading back to this very core belief that I don't matter. And I have mounds of evidence to prove I don't. (laughs) Again, I'm being honest here, real and raw today. I just figured this out. I'm still figuring it out. About a month ago, I started falling into a depression and I can still feel it in my body and my soul. And one day it all poured out of me. Like there was the lid blew off the container, right? I couldn't hold it on in, in any longer. And of course, it was directed outward and it landed on other people. Yay. <laughs> Cue a drink of the coffee. So in prayer throughout this time, the Lord led me to awareness of how I've actually merged my own life with certain other people in order to fit into how they matter to find my identity and value there because it seemed like they had it when I didn't. They mattered when I didn't. And I I felt like I'd been chasing other people all of this time for decades. And they would simply just never stop and wait for me or walk at my pace. Why? Because I don't matter. (laughs) Holy moly. I can... See the proof in my parents. They did this because I didn't matter. They said that because I didn't matter. They don't do this thing because I don't matter. (laughs) And it's all my interpretation of the circumstances beyond my control. I don't know what's in their hearts. I don't know what they really believe and think and feel and why they do what they do. I can't. That's theirs to know and manage. And why would I have the ability, much less the permission, to know the depths of who they are when I can't even manage the depths of who I am? We all have our narrative storylines that our souls began to believe in childhood when our inner, our inner sense, oh my gosh, inner, <laughs> inner sense, it's kind of what that is. <laughs> it's our inner sense. <laughs> Sorry. Um, when our innocence, (laughs) now it's not even a regular word, innocence actually started to shatter. And we, we started recognizing the world's not perfect and wouldn't protect us all the time or provide for us in many ways. My personally, like my explanation, my soul 
explained it in this one line summed up in, I don't matter. And it was proven to me. I Because you can find proof for whatever you're looking for, right? It was proven to me because my dad left and my mom paid all of her attention to my schizophrenic brother and her job because she was stressed about, stressed out about how to put food on the table and pay for help for her precious son, right? This, my mindset back then. And I was left alone most of my childhood, or at least it very much seemed that way. And because of certain traumas and abuse, I don't remember much of the rest of it, nor do I, you know, really want to. But a couple of weeks ago, when I realized I was still struggling with this storyline being at my root, in, in my root belief system, after so many years of personal growth work and prayer, healing, etc., all the things, I guess enough layers of the onion had finally been peeled back through all of that so that I could see the next layer clearly enough to read the facts. Here's the fact. I don't matter to me. This is true. (laughs) It may not be true that I don't matter to everybody else, but it is true. I don't matter to me. Dang, Shrek. (laughs) Look at that. Like I was stunned. I had no idea all this time, no clue that it was really originating in me. And I do this work all day long for years. I've been studying it to understand it and coaching other people on it. And yet there it was in me, a revelation. And before you go down the road of, well, the enemy wants you to believe that he's the one telling you the lies, just break that off sister. You know, I want to get one thing straight. Yes. The devil is running around like a roaring lion seeking to devour everybody. He's definitely the author of all of the lies, but I am the one making the choices. If If it's really just his fault and he's the one responsible and he's the one to blame and I don't have any part of it, I am extremely powerless and that he wants me to stay there. He wants me to not know I have the power to decide to agree with him or not. He doesn't want me to think about these things. And when we get our eyes off of what the devil may be doing, we find that the responsibility to actually disagree with him and not think what he wants us to think, believe what he wants us to believe, that actually falls in our court. It's our job to decide not to believe him. It's our job, our responsibility to not think the lie and choose to hold on to it and then meditate on on it so it becomes a powerful belief system that's slowly killing us. It's actually our responsibility to turn and repent and to line up our beliefs and thoughts with God's so that we can live the abundant life he promised. And some of us deny that we have any part in it at all. It's all the enemy's fault. And then some of us deny the reality of an enemy looking to destroy us. It is both and, my friends. I'm just saying that we need to take care of the issue on both sides. Deal with what the enemy wants to do. Deal with what's ours to do. But above all, give your actual focus and attention to the word of God and his truth, right? Line up that everything within us and what we're choosing not to agree with that's, you know, coming from the enemy, line it up with the word of God, with what he says over our lives. 
As long as we are blaming the enemy for what he always does and we know to expect what he does and we don't take responsibility for our part in the whole shebang, then spiritualizing like every other thought as warfare and attack, it just keeps us powerless. And in the end, we are going to be held accountable for all the ways we didn't stand up and protect ourselves with the whole armor of God and take our own thoughts captive and repent with renewed minds. That, my friends, is ours to do. Not because of the enemy's wily ways, but despite them. Whether he's shooting arrows at us or not, it's ours to do. And I'm going to venture to say that a lot of time he's not worried about shooting arrows at us because he sees us over here helping him out, plunging our own daggers into our sides again and again (laughs) as we choose to think on all of those things that are not helpful, right? They're not, they're hindering us. Those, the thoughts and the belief systems about fear and lack and needless suffering, all of that. And all, all the enemy had to do was offer a piece of fruit symbolic of a reason to be offended. And when we take this responsibility, we actually find that we're empowered. It does not justify anything. It doesn't make our circumstances good, happy, perfect, right. It just simply puts the power of the pencil in our hands so that we can decide what the plot is and how the storyline is going to flow. It, be, it puts us in a position to write the story with God instead of being led by circumstances and our own lack of responsibility in our belief systems and our thought life, our paradigm. So when we blame the devil or we blame God, blame our parents, blame our husbands, wives, kids, friends, the rest of the world, we are literally giving away the power to bring about change in any area. We cannot control the circumstances, but we can choose what to do with them. We're choosing all day long. It's not actually that we just can choose. We actually are choosing. We're just not always aware and active participants in the choosing. But by not making a choice is a choice. We're actually deciding to live passively and take inaction on making the the wisest decision because it keeps us safe if we if we say we don't know or we're not aware then we can live these easier lives because we don't have to take the responsibility we don't have to be accountable but it that's a lie (laughs) i need you to decide not to believe that anymore (laughs) so when we're not aware of our choices because we're not aware of our thoughts what we choose unconsciously is actually affecting us in harmful ways and I'm going to take this one step further for just one little second. When you meet somebody you feel has like a spirit of rejection or something along those lines, whatever you want to call it, take care to recognize the human being in front of you, the soul that God created, that your dad has a son or a daughter who's in front of you. And when whatever you believe is manifesting in and through your life, whatever you think on it's all being revealed through your emotions and actions as well as your body because your t- body's tied to your soul where your thoughts, emotions, and will are. So for the people that you meet that you, you know, if you spiritualize it and just say like, well, they have a, a spirit of fear or they really struggle with the fear of man, da, 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 whatever it is, R- recognize that that's actually a person with a soul who's had a, has a storyline you're not aware of. And their trauma, their abuse, their neglect, their lack of worth, value, 
significance, love, and their interpretation is all in process just like yours, right? And remember, if you're just like them, you're just not experiencing what other people experience from you. You are sensing things about other people that sometimes are actually a projection of what you feel about yourself. And you are sensing things, but you're not aware of what other people are sensing about you. So have compassion in this work. And if you're dwelling on and believing lies and limiting things, yes, the enemy wants to have a foothold there, but it's not always a spiritualized issue. It's your soul doing what human souls do. It's a soul issue. This is soul work we have to do. It doesn't mean we need deliverance every time we feel rejected. It simply means we need to do the work of identifying why we feel rejected, what we believe, and what we are thinking on so we can make new decisions about what to believe and think that are helpful, that allow the love of God to to process in and through us. And I'm getting a little deep here. So let me bring this back around for a minute. I know you might have to listen to this episode again. (laughs) So last night I was laying in bed reading a book and the Lord used one line in that book to literally expose a root in my belief system that's four decades old. And I'll try to tell you about it without crying. So here I am reading and suddenly after I read this one line, a thought from heaven literally drops into my soul. What if I do matter to my parents? What if I always did? What if this has all been my interpretation of their actions and behaviors, but inside of their souls, I actually mattered to them more than anything? I mean, that's how I feel about my kids. I can see how their interpretations are skewed out of alignment with what I know is the truth about how I feel about them. What if, (laughs) like, whoa, I mean, it's probably not as powerful over a podcast, but it was so powerful in the moment to actually have a revelation of what if it's actually been what I thought about me that informed what I thought they thought about me. And that's, that's pretty significant when you were talking about parents. We're not talking about a coworker, you know, or somebody across the street that eventually will move away one day. Like, those are parents or spouses, like these very significant others in our lives. What if they are not thinking and believing about us what we think they think? <laughs> I actually had to, I had to leave the bedroom to deal with that because it was really late. I didn't want to wake up my husband. Um, and also because when I have emotion and I'm going, I'm having an experience like that, I like to be alone. Uh, it's too vulnerable to like want to process that with other people around. So I had to think like, what if because of my root system, I've actually read the whole thing wrong all this time. And there's honestly, I have to tell myself like, there's no shame in just now figuring this out. It's, it's God's timing. I'm not late to the game. I'm just in process. The same goes for you. But I literally had to sit there and think to myself, why did I feel like I mattered at my grandma's house, but never felt like I mattered when I was at home with my mom or at my dad's on the weekends? Why did I not feel like I mattered for 20 years with my husband? 
what was the missing ingredient? And now I know. I, I feel like I matter when I have someone's attention. When they look in my eyes, when I'm sharing my heart, and they get curious, and they say they want to be with me. And grandma did those things during a very terrible time of my life. So I interpreted it as I mattered to her because that's like kind of love language. Like it's how I was receiving love and feeling like that, that thing that was shattering inside of me, the loss of innocence and the discovery of what the world was really like. I was my interpretation of that and yours is different, but mine was, I just must not matter. And I can honestly say that my soul never felt that way with anybody else after she died because it was like, that was the greatest loss, not the trauma, not the abuse, not the lack or the suffering in my childhood. The greatest pain was when the one person who made me feel like I mattered was gone because I felt like she took that took my presence with her. Like I would never mean that much to anybody else again. But if I ask around, I know I'll find proof I'm wrong, (laughs) you know, but I didn't know to ask. I didn't know that it was my inner belief saying I don't matter. Now you probably never think I feel this way or believed any of that if you were around me, It's because I've learned from childhood the coping skill of just taking care of myself so I wouldn't need other people. I wouldn't need to matter to them because I already have proof I don't matter anyway. That I've learned how to not need those people that I don't think I matter to. My defense mechanisms are really powerful and I'm superhero strong when it comes to just not feeling anything in order to balance things externally and keep peace internally. And if I don't matter, I'm going to make sure, you know, I'm going to help you feel like you don't matter (laughs) so that we're even. (laughs) And I can find some kind of measure of justice in it for me if I'm like in an unhealthy space. (laughs) Wowzers, you know, like, can you believe that stuff is inside of me? Like, yuck. We all have something, some things, right? And from a life coach's perspective, looking at myself like as if I'm my own client, this work is jaw dropping and I want to fire me. Like, how can you didn't see this sooner? (laughs) But you just see things for others that you are blind to for yourself. And this really has only been revealed because God is allowing it right now for such a time as this to be uprooted. And I want to add that these things that I've been struggling with that I've been revealed that are like being revealed, they're not things I think about all day long. They're not active front of my mind conscious thoughts that I don't matter. I don't matter. So I'm not going to do this. I don't matter. So I'm going to make sure you don't matter. I don't matter to you. I don't matter to them. That's not how it's manifesting. It's actually underlying. It is rooted. And it's like, I have to go partner with God and meet Holy Spirit out in the garden with my shovel, not just his, (laughs) you know, I need to go out there and actually do the work 
of pulling out the weeds. And it's it's part of co-creating the rest of the storyline with God. Not looking back and going like, how did this root get here? But instead, just making a decision that that root can't stay in the garden. Those weeds don't get to grow here anymore. We're pulling them out. We're deciding to only plant good fruit. We're deciding to not allow weeds and roots of weeds, like big dandelion roots that don't want to come out. They're so ingrained into the soil. We don't want that anymore. We're making a powerful decision to be responsible for the roots of the weeds that have been growing in the garden and say, no more. We are not accepting that. And I'm not going to sit here and eat from the fruit of the weed. We're not going to live that way anymore. This is part of our responsibility taking is just by identifying it, becoming aware, and then saying, I'm not going to meditate on that and dwell on it. I'm going to look over there and go, wow, that's really good fruit. And I want that. We need to actually be walking through the garden and being responsible for it. Walk through the garden with God and ask him what needs to no longer be allowed in it and what he wants to plant. Let him be the gardener of this garden and this storyline. So... I'm really praying he gives me greater revelation so I can understand and see where's this coming from? What happens? How does it take root? All of these things, because I want to share with you. I want to help you see where you are in your root system, how to evaluate that. And I want you to get free too. This isn't just self-improvement. Um, It's inner healing. It's freedom work that we get to take responsibility for doing in our own lives. This is the intentional alignment with truth that we get to come into agreement with God about. It's the acceptance of his storyline for us so that we can remove anything that hinders his love in our lives. And trust me, our beliefs and thoughts are hindering us and his love. What if what you thought other people were doing to you is actually what you're doing to yourself? What if what you wanted from others that they never gave you, you you didn't know they gave it to you because you actually refused to give it to yourself? What What if the feelings of worth and love, safety, and significance that you want others to make you feel are simply just things you don't know how to receive, even when they're being given to you? So I want to challenge you right now to stop and ask God to pull back the curtain so you can see in. Simply pray this like, Lord, if my soul has actually been working against the very things that it desires, please show me. If I have played any part in wounding myself, withholding from myself, limiting myself, and prolonging any unnecessary suffering, please open my eyes and help me. And here's why I bring it up. We're all humans. I hate to wake you up to it, but it's true. And there's a huge amount of evidence for the fact that we often blame other people for what's inside of us. We blame our parents for not being enough for us in a million little and big ways, but we likewise don't show up for ourselves, much less show up for our parents the way they would like us to, because they're just people themselves. They all need things the same way we need them as their children. And 
They're looking to find the same worth, love, safety, and significance we are. They're struggling with their identity too. They're in process. They're wanting to be enough for us, yet failing again and again in their brokenness and inability. And the same goes for our significant others. Um, And when I say significant others, I don't mean just like a spouse or partner, like I'm talking about all of the children and the the close friends and the people that are really significant in our lives. We want to believe that it's their lack of desire to change that keeps us trapped or keeps us down, holds us back, whatever. And we blame them for making us feel terrible one way or another. And yet if we do a little digging, we can find it's all circumstance that we are interpreting everything that happens through our lens and that's affecting our paradigm where our beliefs live. And our, our beliefs are impacting our thought life, which leads to the results we're getting in every area of our lives. So if you believe something and think on it, you can find proof of it, evidence to support your case. Likewise, if you change what you believe and think on, you can also find proof for that too. Do you hear me? If you think you have proof, you have evidence, confirmation you don't matter. You're not good enough. You're not significant. You will never be successful enough, or you're only loved if you are successful, etc. You can find proof for that because you're going to go looking for it. You will find proof because you will interpret everything as proof of it. But if you decide not to believe that way, you decide to believe what the word says, you will also find proof for that if you go looking for it. So this is where the decision lies. Do you want to go find proof for the truth? Or do you want to keep finding proof that the lies are real, but not true? This is where it becomes absolutely necessary to become people who manage our paradigms well. We have to stand up and take full responsibility for what we're believing and thinking and feeling and then doing. Because whatever you believe in your root system is infiltrating your thoughts. And that's forming the emotions you have, which are directing the action you take. And your actions and behaviors are getting your results, both good fruit and bad. When you have self-leadership in operation in your life, you are taking your thoughts captive, you renew your mind, and you change your mind through repentance and meditate on truth. This leads your thought life in a very powerful way. Because when you don't look at what you're thinking and choosing to think, then you're getting results you don't love and you're going to keep getting them and they turn into the legacy you're creating. So if your narrative storyline is, I'm not good enough, then you're going to find evidence to support that. You'll find proof that your parents agree with it, your loved ones agree, but in all honesty, it simply can't even be when you stop to assess it. How is it even possible that all the people in the world think to themselves, she is not good enough. And all of the time, she's not good enough. (laughs) I mean, ask yourself, do you think that about other people? That they're not good enough or right enough, excellent enough, and they should just stop trying, even trying because they're never going to be enough to reach this high bar? If you think you're not enough, here's what's happening. You're either going to project that onto others and feel the same way about them, or you'll compare yourself to them and find that they're better than you, confirming your suspicions that yes, it's true, you are not good enough. But in all honesty, you're still only thinking about you and not really about them. You're comparing and twisting the plot, but it's all still focused back on you. And guess what? 
the rest of humanity around you is focused on them, themselves, just like you are. <laughs> they're, they aren't thinking you're not good enough because they're busy thinking they're not good enough or they don't matter. They're not unique, co- that they are incompetent. They're, they're unsafe. They're trapped, vulnerable, unworthy, unneeded, rejected. They seriously aren't spending that much time thinking about you not being enough because they're focused on themselves and welcome to humanity. So let's go with this narrative storyline. I don't matter. If you believe that, like I have, this will cause you to believe that you don't matter to your parents, friends, significant others, and yourself, but you're not really thinking about the fact that you don't matter to yourself because you're looking around and blaming others for not doing what they need to do in order to make you feel like you do matter. Newsflash. That is not their responsibility. They aren't here to make you feel like you matter. They need to manage themselves and what they believe, think, and feel and do. You, on the other hand, need to take your blame arrows and put them back in your quiver because you're wasting your time. You're shooting arrows at the wrong people. No one, no thing, no circumstance can actually make you feel like you don't matter, but your interpretation and your choice to go with that interpretation can. So your interpretation is undergirded and informed by what you believe. So we're back again at your root system. If you don't believe that you matter, no amount of others trying to make you feel like you do matter will count. It won't shift it because you're not looking for that kind of evidence. Good news. This is all just a choice you're making. And once you see that, you can simply say, I don't want to live that way anymore. I don't want to continue getting the results I'm getting when I feel rejected or outcast, less than, or thrown off. I want hope and joy and peace. I want to feel like I'm chosen and dearly loved and adopted. And imagine what you'd believe about God and your connection and relationship to him if you believed these things about yourself. You would believe him because that's where your proof is going to be when you go looking for the other evidence. So you have to switch the side of the courtroom you're on. And if your paradigm was, I do matter, I matter to myself, I matter to others, then you'd have thoughts that say, I do matter to God. I do matter to my parents. I do matter to my my spouse and my friends and my children. And when I matter to God, the thought is he will care for me. He will meet my needs. He will protect me. He will provide for me because that's what people do if you matter to them. And then you would read the word and find all of the evidence you need to support this truth. We call it repentance when we change our mind and go the other way. And it's actually really simple, though Your soul doesn't really want it to be that simple because it wants to strive. It wants to make it harder. It wants to make the gospel difficult because your brain wants to hold on to the lies and the excuses and the learned helplessness and the learned hopelessness. But here's the truth. You can deny it all day long, but you are ultimately responsible for what you think. And that is the crux of how you feel and behave. And nobody else No other circumstance, event, or person is making that decision for you. So I want to encourage you, and I want to empower you through this encouragement to take full responsibility for your thoughts and your beliefs. Just because the thought's there doesn't mean you have to keep thinking it. And just because you've always believed something doesn't mean you have to keep believing it. God created your soul 
and your brain to be able to change. So use this powerful tool and become the change agent in your own life. Decide that you're good enough, you matter, you are worthy, special, significant, valuable, competent, needed, wanted, chosen, loved, protected, safe, at peace, and provided for. It's all true. And if you go looking for evidence in the word about all of it, you're going to find proof. If you've listened this far, (laughs) thanks for sticking with me so long. I am really praying for this to give you freedom and truth, especially to go into these holidays with, because the holiday season is full of big emotion days. And I know that you need equipping and help to know how to handle what's to come. I'm just going to say, trust the Lord in it. He is with you. You don't have to be stronger to deal with all of this because he is your strength and your refuge. And he goes before you. So I hope that you take advantage of the Black Friday and Thanksgiving deals I'm offering this weekend. And if you want to go after what you've created, what you're created to do and find out how you can bring heaven to earth through your design, your calling, and you want to find a way to use all of that, use your calling, walk in it wholeheartedly and make an impact and an income, then the Storymaker's Journey Coaching, it that's for you. And if you want to become a life coach, you know, able to actually multiply the fruit of transformation in people's lives, then the Greenhouse course is just right for you. And you have until Sunday night at midnight, Eastern Standard Time or Daylight Time. I don't know what we are. EST, EDT right now. I don't know. It's just a lack of sun. That's what it's called. So you can grab the discount with the coupon code BFF for Black Friday fun. You can grab the link in the show notes or go to sterlingandstonementoring.com for more information. But until next time, friends, remember nothing is impossible with God. And the healing and restoration of your storyline is fully, abundantly available to you. And there's proof of it. Hey, thanks for listening. And I would love it if you could leave me a review wherever you listen to this podcast and tell me what you're loving about it. It helps other people who are looking for transformation and change and growth in their lives find me. And if you want to learn about becoming a coach with any of your superpowers, head over to sterlingandstonementoring.com and check out the greenhouse course. See you there.